Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist for Freedom of Faith. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings, and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom of Faith. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello, how good evening. You have reached the October 3rd, 2012 edition of the Gist of Freedom, and we are covering live the presidential debates at the, at the University of Denver. I am Shelley Gaines, your host this evening, and we also have your co-host, Preston Washington. Preston, are you on? I'm here. Wonderful. Can you introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Preston Washington. I'm located in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm a genealogist and author, president of the Midwest Afro-American Genealogical Interest Coalition here in Kansas City. Wonderful, wonderful. So what do you think so far? Well, so far, I think Romney's a bully, and I think Jim Lair's done a very poor job in uh, allocating the time. And I'm hoping someone out there was keeping track of that time to let us know uh, who had the advantage hmm. in uh, minutes speaking. So you feel so that's well, my initial. Mm-hmm. That's my initial take on it. Okay, and describe some of those uh, bullying tactics that you feel you witnessed. Well, okay. he extended uh, his time. Um, you know, Jim Lair was trying to cut him off. I don't remember the exact uh, segments mm-hmm. uh, that were going on, but several times Jim Lair uh, tried to cut him off. He he would not be cut off. He kept talking. Um, at one instance there where, um, I believe it was at the beginning, where Obama had the, the, the first say, and uh, Romney insisted on having the last say. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that first uh, entry into economics. Mm. And uh, I think it just kind of rode rush out over Mr. Lair. Wow. While I was having difficulty, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, keeping order. 
that's yeah. you know that's very insightful. That's definitely very insightful. And we also have someone that will be joining us, Arthur McFarlane. He is the great grandson of W.E.B. Du Bois, and he is live at the debates, and he will give us his impression of what's going on um, down there at the actual debate. And um, he's right there firsthand. So I, I'm curious what insights he'll provide also. Uh, the Bois' grandson, Mr. McFarlane, is on the line. Oh, is yes, he? I am. Okay. Thank I'm you. I'm there. sorry about that, Arthur. But, That's um, not a problem. All right. Um, Preston? And, and yes. Shelly, would you guys continue the interview? Thank sure. You. Sure. Welcome. Welcome, Arthur McFarlane. How are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm good. I, we've been running around here trying to catch some uh, impressions from folks uh, here at the debate itself and uh, have managed to talk to a couple folks. I just finished talking with uh, Philadelphia Mayor uh, Nutter. And so uh, just trying to catch up to a few folks and see what see what they thought about what, en- what ended up happening tonight. Uh, just uh, got finished talking to the president's advisor, Mr. Plouffe. And so just really exciting here. People really feel like the the president was very specific in uh, the kinds of things that he said and that uh, Governor Romney was not as specific, uh, was not able to get across some of the points that he wanted to make when it came right down to uh, saying something about the direction that he was going to go. He said a few things, but he didn't say anything about the specific ways that he would get there. Uh, it really feels to, to many uh, of the folks here as though the, the debate went well for the president, that uh, Governor Romney came out in a very aggressive kind of stance, but that that aggressiveness may very well uh, kind of backfire on him because uh, a number of people thought that he was interrupting the president and that he was uh, kind of running roughshod over uh, Mr. Lair, the, uh, the moderator for the, the debate tonight. So. Uh, it will be interesting to see what people's thoughts are along those lines, but uh, a number of people here had some real concerns about how that was managed. Preston, do you want to comment on that? Because that's a, that well, was your impression I mean, also. Yeah, that certainly goes along with uh, the impression that I uh, was having here with uh, Mr. Romney. Uh, you know, use the term aggressive. I said bully. It's about, uh, you know, the same thing. Um, he really didn't play by the rules. Um, um, he kind of had his own rules. Um, I would remind but he wasn't very respectful. Also, <laughs> no, he wasn't, he wasn't very at respectful all. at all. Yeah. No, not at all. And uh, but you know that's uh, that's also an indi- indication of someone that who feels that they are behind. That he mm-hmm. felt like he had to come out throwing some blows and being aggressive because. He is trailing. He was trailing going into the debate. So I think yeah. that would account for his uh, his uh, his uh, willingness to be aggressive. As some would say, the 47% attitude came out. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I know, think his, I think wonder. I think you're absolutely right. I think he he felt like he needed to be that aggressive in order to get his message out and for him to be heard. I think he was also very afraid that uh, the president would talk the way the president does, which is in some very specific uh, language about some very specific issues. And he, Governor Romney, didn't want the time to be uh, completely taken up by that level of specificity because he he knew he couldn't keep up with that. Um, And he didn't. And I think that really is uh, the thing that we're hearing here. I think 
a lot of the folks on the Republican side feel like uh, Romney showed a lot of energy and showed mm-hmm. that he uh, has the ability to, to, to kind of go toe-to-toe with the president. But I don't think that people saw that as being presidential. I don't think they – I think they saw that, like you said, as being uh, much more of a bullying kind of tactic than, it's, uh, than exactly. it is presidential. Yeah, he was coming out. He was doing his Rocky impression. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, and that's what that was all about. I want to remind our listeners that the lines are open and that they, they can call in. If they, the lines are open for questions, comments, concerns mm-hmm. at 347-324-5552. Thank you. Now, what kind of our, questions do you guys have? Well, Arthur, I wanted to ask you, um, basically, um, what do you think the areas that uh, President Obama, you know, stood out on, made his point that he excelled in, and then what areas do you think that Romney made of may have made up some ground on? In your opinion, I think that uh, I think that uh, Mr. Romney made up some ground uh, just in terms of being out there and and being energetic and not being sort of the stiff uh, person that he's been up to now. I think that he was able to to show folks that he does have that kind of energy that he does have uh the desire to to sort of mix it up if you will and just depending on your perspective about that to, that will be seen as as being bullying or or perhaps as just being energetic but the uh, the the thing that I thought uh, I saw in the president that really was a great opportunity for him and and a great plus for him was he was very specific about the things that he was saying he was very specific about what his plans are he at one point said um, you know, here's my plan, and my plan is out on this website. Go check it out. Do the numbers for yourself. I think he was very realistic with the American public by saying that, you know, it's not going to be just about going in and uh, cutting taxes and, and uh, cutting programs. You're going to have to do a balanced thing with everything that's related to the budget. You're going to have to do a balance, take a balanced approach to anything that you're doing with education, and you're going to have to take a balanced approach to everything that you're doing when it relates to how the government is going to interact with you uh, on a day-to-day basis, i.e. regulations and and those sorts of things that we're talking about. I think Governor Romney danced around every single one of those issues. I didn't hear something from him that gave me the, the specific sense that he was going to go in a particular direction any different than uh, what he set up to now. Um, Arthur, how did you see the timing? Uh, what impression did you get in terms of um, the time spent on the segments? Um, I think <laughs> it was that out first of control. segment. Yeah. It was out of control. And, and I think Jim Lair had a point in there very early on where he sort of stumbled on asking a question that he was asking in terms of how he wanted to particularly specifically phrase it. And from that moment on, I think both the candidates had the sense that he was not on top of his game, and they took advantage of that, and particularly Governor Romney. I think he did not want to to follow the time frame. I think every time uh, there was an opportunity for the, the conversation to move on or there was a need for the conversation to move on, he wanted to have the last word, and he fought for having that last word the whole time uh, during the debate. And so, you know, consequently, you didn't have any kind of control over the direction that the debate went or the timing that you're talking about, the segments, and getting all the questions asked that, uh, that Mr. Lair wanted to ask him. And I, I don't know what, whether to call that a, a Jim Lair problem or whether that to, to call that a, a, a Romney aggressiveness or some combination of, of the two. 
Okay. Yeah. Did you, uh, in, in talking with people there uh, at the scene, did anyone make any comment about the Big Bird comment? Uh, uh, the one that uh, the president made about the uh, I don't, I don't remember who what? made the Big Bird comment. Uh, I believe it was Romney when he was talking about how much he loved Big Bird. Oh, um, I must have. When he was talking missed, about <laughs> making the when he was talking about making the cuts to PBS. Oh, oh, oh! That's right. He yes, he did say that. Um, no one here mentioned anything around around that. I, I think the the um, the one comment that that uh, people seem to have been. Uh, focused on at least from from Mr. Romney seemed to be that he was making these promises um, and that no one felt like he was making promises that he could keep. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone, I think, real, realizes that there has to be this balanced approach. There are many people who are trying to identify what that looks like, but he's going to stand around and he's going to say he's he's promising not to cut this and he's promising not to cut that, and that's that simply isn't going isn't going to work. Uh, I thought the thing that uh, he he said about teachers was sort of interesting in terms of um, you know how much he loved teachers and how much he loves education and all the rest of that. But he hasn't shown any specific plans that that take it in that direction. Whereas the president is standing there and saying, "I want to hire a hundred thousand more teachers." That's a specific direction to go. That's not very something uh, yeah. not airy fairy. So you know. I also wanted to to ask about um, when he was talking about. Didn't he also, um, Mr. Romney, mentioned that he wasn't going to raise taxes? I remember hearing that, and I I kept trying to figure out how he plans on doing all these things and not raising taxes. Am I am I wrong in in that impression, or did he actually say that, Mr. McFarland? Yeah, he actually he actually did say that. He said he, all these things that he wasn't going to do, and he wasn't going to cut taxes, he wasn't going to raise taxes, and he wasn't right. Uh, going to do uh, a number of different things, and, and that's, I think that's the real point that the, uh, the president was making is that you're in the process of making all these promises of things that you aren't going to do and things that you are going to do, and they don't add up. I, I think that's really the, the, the bottom line. Yes, 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 I agree with that, definitely. Yeah, he called him out on his, uh, his lack of specifics, and I think that um, – uh, Arthur, you're right in that the president was very much on target in giving specifics and 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 specific plans about what he would do in each of those those segments. And uh, I, mean, I, I think that's the real key uh, to where uh, the president was coming from, and I think that's the real difference between uh, where the president's coming from and where the governor was coming from, and that's the sense that uh, Governor Romney wants us to trust him, wants us to believe mm-hmm. that he is uh, going to get this stuff done. Uh, and, and to vote for him and to elect him without coming through with the specific kinds of things that he, uh, he is going to do. The thing that I find most interesting about that particular uh, perspective is that, you know, you're talking to the President of the United States who has had uh, these past uh, four years to figure out what he can do, and he has figured out what he can do, and he's telling you, this is what I can do. And when you look at that and you think about that, uh, it really doesn't, uh, jibe to then stand there and continually say, uh, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z without being able to point out that he, uh, how are you going to do X, Y, and Z? So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Arthur, did you have any sense of um, about the audience support, uh, which uh, speaker might have had the most of that? 
Um, no, I wasn't actually in the audience in the in the Magnus Arena, and so uh, and and those guys stayed uh, very quiet during the debate, which is what they were ordered to do uh, on many occasions before the debate got started. Uh, people came out, and key, including Jim Lehrer, and said, "You guys have to remain absolutely silent," and uh, they did pretty much remain absolutely silent. Uh, there were a couple of points uh, where I've got to believe that uh, many people were would have would have laughed at some of the comments that uh, President Obama made, uh, but I think there probably was a, a, a real sense that they needed to to remain very quiet and let the uh, American people, as Jim Lehrer said before the debate got started, let the American people hear what these two men have to say. Uh, and so I think that was a, a, a provision. Uh, of them being in the audience that they uh, kept to. I, I would say this, though. I, I suspect that, uh, at least being here in the press room, there were a number of times when uh, comments that the uh, president made uh, said, you know, were were very, very well received. Um, I'm looking at the CNN election uh, debate poll results, and, and uh, 67% of the people are saying that Romney won versus 25% saying that, uh, that the, the president won. Uh, I'm not sure what one means in this particular case, but at least mm -hmm. uh, the general poll coming out of CNN at this point is uh, that uh, Romney won the, won the debate. Uh, I think that uh, there really is a, a, a need for folks to take a look at the thing that we've been talking about, and that is uh, you, if you don't mind that uh, he ignored all the rules and just uh, kept pushing forward even though uh, he was told to to uh, slow down, stop, you know, not do that, uh, I, I think then you can say that uh, Romney won that battle because he certainly was the most rude person on the stage. Yeah, well, I, they also had a poll of undecided voters, and um, I don't know where this poll comes from, but it did come up off the screen after the debates, and it also had Romney winning, too. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and I thought I sensed at one place um, I heard some cheering, mild clapping, uh, after Obama had made a point, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and I don't remember which particular point that was, but um, but I was just wondering if uh, if there was some other way to gauge, uh, sure. you know, the audience uh, support for either speaker. Well, the one thing that did happen here in uh, the press room after the after the debate was done, a number of people who had been in the room uh, while the debate was going on came out to be interviewed by folks here uh, in, the, in the press corps area. And there was an overwhelming representation of Republicans versus, uh, versus Democrats. And so the sense was that the, the Republicans gained more energy from mm -hmm. the debate uh, and, and certainly feel like they uh, are going to go out there and spin it as if they won uh, the debate in this particular case. We talked to a couple of those folks or listened in on a couple of interviews with uh, some of the Republican folks, and they certainly seem to be more energized at this point. So, you know, if, if uh, that kind of thing is uh, something that uh, you're paying attention to as a, as a gauge of win or lose, uh, then I would say that the, the sense is that uh, the Republicans probably uh, gained the energy advantage at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the fact that uh, that uh, the president is going to be here in Colorado uh, tomorrow uh, is going to really give us an opportunity to hear uh, what he has to say. And if he continues to go down the road as if uh, everything is fine and doesn't respond in any specificity to 
uh, some of the things that uh, Governor Romney said tonight. But I would say, you know, energy may be great, but you're not going to get very far on it. I think, too, um, and I, I want to get your opinion on this, um, Arthur, when Romney came out stressing how we need jobs and jobs are so important and how the president wasn't helping to create jobs, I think that might have given him a little boost, too, because I wasn't expecting him to come out that strongly on that topic. What's your opinion mm-hmm. on that? I agree completely with you. I think that the you know when he really started to hammer on the jobs issue, I think that uh, Governor Romney was kind of on his heels, and I think he knew that. I think he knew that because he really started to push harder at that point, um, you know, kind of right after the president went to, in that direction. The next debates that uh, come up, will it be the presidential debates or the vice presidential debates? I think the vice presidential debate is the next one. That's going to be on the 11th. The next presidential debate is on the 16th at Hofstra, I believe. Um, and so I can check uh, on that. But uh, I think the next one is a vice presidential debate. And uh, I actually am, am, am thinking that is probably going to be far more entertaining than uh, tonight was. It may not be uh, as enlightening, but it should be more entertaining. Uh, I really I uh, agree with you. Yeah. I really think Joe Biden against uh, against Paul Ryan is, uh, is kind of a mismatch. <laughs> Ryan's smart. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a very, a very bright guy. But uh, Joe Biden uh, is a is an old school politician, and I'll put old school politician up against the uh, uh, new school smart any day in a debate. So. And uh, you were there for the entire debate, were you not? Yes, yes, I sure was. Okay. And, yep, sat uh, here in the press room and kind of watched the whole thing and uh, really got a chance to, to kind of get a feel, too, for some of the people who came in afterwards, uh, as I said, uh, talked with a couple of folks. And I really think that the, the Democrats are going to spin this over the next couple of days uh, in saying some of the same things we've been talking about, that the president was very specific in what he put out in front of the American people and that the American people, if they're interested in the facts, in the specificity, then they've got to uh, see the president uh, in a very positive light. It light or if they're interested in uh, uh, just the energy level or the, the push uh, forward, then maybe they are going to be interested in uh, what Governor Romney had to say. Did you hear any comments here in the press room or from anyone you interviewed about the president's remarks in reference to uh, Donald Trump as a small business person or not thinking of himself as a small business person? You know, nobody mentioned that. I noticed that um, that uh, Governor Romney came back to uh, the, the comment about uh, um, about Trump in, in, in a comment that he made later on, and I thought that was kind of interesting. But, you know, no one around here really kind of raised the, the Trump issue. I think we had a little bit of laughter around it, but uh, that was about it. Okay. And maybe that's why I heard the laughter at the uh, uh, during the actual debate was around mm-hmm. the uh, – Donald Trump uh, comments. Um, yeah, there was one other certainly. place at which he made a comment, that the president made a comment that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but I'm trying to, to dredge my memory to see if I can remember when that was. Yeah, it was... Uh, and what about the role of government? Uh, that was another segment that... Uh, the um, the president was really 
trying to express the need for governments uh, to be involved um, in people's lives, particularly the poor, uh, the infirm, the, the elderly in need of health care, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And um, Romney seems to uh, think that uh, we could leave it to the private sector. Uh, well, I think it's the role of the role of government that. as well as around the medical issues. I think the there's several places where you know, like the vouchers in, in education, the voucher uh, process in in uh, healthcare. Um, I think all of those are very stark and distinct areas in which they do have some differences. The question for people to answer for themselves is, do they really want to hand over all of those things to the private sector to get right when the private sector in the form certainly of the the banks and in the form of many of the the processes that got us into this problem uh, have shown that they, they don't work. Okay. And what do you think of his uh, the president's explanation of the voucher? Uh, I thought he was right. Are you talking about the health voucher or the uh, the educational one? Well, either, but health care particularly. I think on the health care one, I think he really closed the door on that. Uh, I, I really think he showed that what will happen to Medicare is Medicare will disappear if you continue to just offer a private sector perspective. Um, that private sector perspective can always fool you for some period of time into believing that it's the best choice, uh, and then when you finally get to uh, the, the rubber hitting the road, that they are going to push the prices up so that they can make more money. I think that really is the bottom line on any of those sorts of things, and I think that's what we've seen in healthcare up to now. Uh, I think the same thing is true on the education side. I think that, that as long as you're willing to um, voucher out education, and allow people to do a, do their own thing. I don't think you're going to get yourself to the point where you have an educational system that is consistently good across the board. I think they both agree that it needs to be improved, but the way they go about it is very different. Yeah, and Romney um, said on the health issue that he wasn't going to change anything uh, relative to the young people, and then he had to backtrack and admit that he would make some changes. Um, what would you say in your perspective and what you heard in, in the press room and talking to others that were uh, inside, what were the three memorable moments for Obama during this debate or three um, of his great points? I think the point that he made about the the health care issue in terms of Romney kept pushing about this unelected board that would be oh, yeah, put out yeah. there. And I thought that, that the the president went through and really made a very good point that resonated with me as somebody who's in public health, and w- where he said the board really is going to be um, in a position where it is, is, is indicating to doctors what are best practices in situations. And I think that is a critical issue. We need to take the research that's out there and put it in the hands of the doctors. And I don't think it gets there in a way right now that allows them to be more effective. So I think he made that point, at least for me, because I hear that best practices message much more clearly. I think he made that point in a different way. He said to, uh, talked about the, the Cleveland Clinic and how it is doing better health care in a more affordable way. I think 
Governor Romney tried to steal that perspective by saying, oh, yeah, Cleveland Clinic and Mayo Clinic and other people are doing it better. Um, but I don't think he was successful at stealing it. I think he was just successful at making himself sound like he was uh, parroting the president. I also think that the Governor Romney tried to run away from what he had done in Massachusetts. I don't think that the president let him run away from that. It, I thought it was very interesting that uh, that he tried to say that he was working in this bipartisan fashion uh, and that uh, that uh, the president had shoved Obamacare through uh, without that bipartisan message going on, uh, without ever acknowledging that the, the Republicans in the House did not want to work with the president to come up with a health care program. I think the one area where, where President Obama missed, a, missed an opportunity uh, to kind of hit harder on an issue, which is uh, the whole concept of what he did to, to support the auto industry. I think he didn't even mention it until he got to his uh, opening and uh, his closing remarks. And, he, and even then, it, was, it seemed like it was almost only a passing sort of mention. I wish he would have hit that particular point harder earlier on in, in, the, um, in the debate. I think otherwise, I think he did a, did a good job. I think um, Governor Romney scored some points talking about the $90 billion that was spent on green energy. And I guess if you don't like green energy, uh, then you're going to say that's a bad thing. But to, to me, I think uh, putting money into that industry is a, is a good thing. So that may just be one of those things where uh, if you're already on board with something, you're just uh, further convinced that it's a, it's a good thing and that you're not going uh, to be swayed by it. I thought one of the more interesting things that, that the president said, too, was that the AARP is behind Obamacare, uh, and Governor Romney never addressed that issue at all in terms of, uh, of saying anything in, in regards to the AARP. So I think that the, the people will hear that, in fact, uh, here are some, some uh, people who are getting behind this particular initiative. Well, yeah, and the uh, AARP um, uh, mention of that and uh, Romney not uh, responding, he probably remembered that his vice president candidate was booed right. by AARP. Right. Uh, and I think they want to uh, tread lightly right. around uh, the AARP because it's a very influential uh, uh, political group. Um, I think you're right on target with this uh, this board that uh, uh, Mr. Romney kept harping on and the president uh, coming back each time. Uh, uh, patience. I think one of the uh, things that I admired by the president was his patience right. um, and his uh, willingness to not be aggressive, uh, to be accommodating almost to a fault, I think. Mm hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in his uh, presentation, uh, in his demeanor, mm -hmm. a time or two he seemed to be, at least to me, to be um, uh, discomforted by uh, Mr. Romney. Mm -hmm. uh, you know that um, he might have wanted to step over and smack him across the face or whatever. <laughs> but, um, but he but, resisted. I mean, I, you know. I mean, I just his demeanor a time or two. Uh, right. He kind of looked down. He looked away. Uh, he was taking deep breaths uh, right. a time or two, uh, trying to keep himself composed. Uh, so, and, and especially around this uh, elected board, I don't. I really didn't understand where the gentleman was coming from on that. 
but I thought the president done a good job in um, in um, in defending uh, his position on that. Um, How much longer are you guys going to continue the the conversation that we're having here on the on the air uh, on the so you guys on until uh, until midnight or well, I, I need to do a little so video wrap up. Wrap up. Yes, because uh, they're supposed to have callers at 11.45, but I don't okay. see anyone calling in as of yet. So Okay. Well, let yeah. me run off and do this little video wrap-up, and then I'll call back in to, to you guys here in a little bit. Will that work? Yeah, that works. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you again in a, in a few minutes. Okay. All right. Bye now. Bye. Yeah, I, I was told there were supposed to be callers at 11.45. I don't really see anybody in as of yet. Um Preston? Okay. I don't either, and I had that same information about 1145. Um, are there any callers there? Okay. I understand that there might be people on the line, but they're not coming through. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Hi. You want to stay? Hello? Oh, okay. Okay, Hello, you're on the air. State <laughs> your name and let us know where you're calling from. Hi there, my name is Jonathan Hochberg, and I'm calling from Dryden, New York. I'm actually a, uh, a high school uh, friend of Mr. McFarland's, and uh, so I knew that he was going to be on tonight, and I guess I just missed him. But um, I, I had a couple of comments, um, both related to things that you've touched on so far. Um, one of them is that I was struck by the fact that at from from the outset, um, Mr. Romney uh, basically performed the etch-a-sketch uh, maneuver that they had been predicting he was going to do after the uh, primaries wrapped up um, by basically backtracking on such things as the five trillion dollars in tax cuts that uh, he said had, had said, as President Obama rightly pointed out, for the last 18 months that he was planning to institute. Um, and, when, and, and what really struck me as, as very telling and, and reflects the bullying that you uh, had, had mentioned, uh, Mr. Washington, was that um, Romney pulled that, that stick with uh, saying that he had five sons and that he knew that you know, sometimes people say things over and over again, um, try, hoping that, that they'll be taken as true. Um, that's, that struck me very much as a reflection of the, uh, the GOP's uh, persistent projection uh, in this campaign where they uh, behave in, in, in a certain way like they lie a lot. And then they turn around and say, oh, well, the other party is, is lying. It's yeah, very, very disconcerting to me. Yeah, and, and, it, and it, it really was a surprise to me that the president let that just go. Um, the other thing that I thought was, uh, was really um, very uh, underhanded uh, from, from the, the standpoint of uh, Governor Romney's uh, presentation was that he did, as as Arthur mentioned, um, he did make reference to the ninety billion dollars in investment in green energy. He turned it around to say that uh, 
that uh, half of the companies that had been invested in uh, had gone under. And then he made the the sideways accusation again of uh, of cronyism, um, bringing Surindra up. And the the he did it the first time, and the president tried to get something in, and Mr. Lair moved on. Um, but then Romney turned around and did it again at the very end. And uh, I think uh, that, that uh, you, Mr. Washington, referenced to the fact that, that it, there were times when Obama's body language was very much um, uh, displaying a, a sense of, of, uh, of um, negative reaction to, to, to uh, Governor Romney's uh, behavior. And uh, in, in that second reference to Solyndra, you could see Obama's, you know, eyes get wider and wider and looking over at there, hoping that he was going to get, he was going to get an opportunity to rebut that. And it never came. Never came. And that was really, really disturbing to me. Yeah. Very disturbing. Uh, Jonathan, you were watching this pretty intensely and I appreciate your remarks. Do you have any other comments? Uh, Well, I just also do want to observe that while it may have felt like, uh, like, uh, Governor Romney had dominated the time. Um, from what I have seen, in fact, in terms of actual duration of time speaking, the president had about four minutes more. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It, it, it surprised me because it, it sure didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. No, I certainly that's, didn't. That's, that's what I saw. Anyway, thank you very much for, for, for having this presentation. And uh, do let uh, Arthur know that I called. Oh, well, he should. If you stay with us, I think he's going to rejoin us uh, All right. here in a bit. Okay. Um, Are there any yeah, other callers? Yeah, very insightful. Not I... Oh, yeah. Any other callers out there? <laughs> um, let me uh, say this. It's kind of a wrap-up into what Jonathan, uh, some of the remarks that he made that is now causing me to... to to see things in a different light is that the president, I think, might have been aware that um, Mr. Romney was trying to drug him, drag him into a mud fight, uh, get him involved in a, uh, a slinging mud match, and the president was resisting that, uh, not to engage himself um, to go down to that level, and that would account for... Um, his not going into certain areas, um, uh, not calling uh, Mr. Romney out for the bullying, uh, et cetera. Um, so uh, there might have been a very astute uh, play on the president's part not to engage um, in that uh, mudslinging match. Um well, Shelley, it looks like our producer says it's time to wrap up. Do you have any final remarks? Hello? No, I'm still here. And uh, who is that still there? Uh, this is Hello? still Jonathan. Oh, okay, Jonathan. Sorry. All righty. Yeah. Do you have any final comments? 
I, I think you're right that, that the, the president didn't want to get into an argument with Mr. Romney over who was lying. I think that that would have been a very unpresidential thing to do. Exactly. Uh, still uh, uh, maintaining that presidential bearing, I think, became very important to him. And um, uh, that's something I probably overlooked in my initial uh, evaluation of what was going on. And, one uh, thing, one thing, one thing that Reverend Al Sharpton pointed out on MSNBC almost immediately after the debate was that Mr. Romney's behavior was, would have been more appropriate in 1812 than 2012 because the fact is we can now immediately refer to recorded comments that contradict all of the things that Mr. Romney said tonight. And so his etch-a-sketch behavior will be evident for all to see. Exactly. Uh, do we have another caller out there? Uh, yes, this is Arthur. I got back to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, Arthur, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah. I agree with the comments Jonathan that the... Uh, from New I'm sorry? Your I agree with the Jonathan comments that from the, New York uh, is on. Hey, Arnie. Oh, okay. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Very well. Bless. Blast from the past. Um, I agree with the comments that the, the, the caller was just making in terms of the Etch-a-Sketch uh, side of the world. I think we have some things now on on record uh, where uh, he was forced to be more specific, and so it will really be interesting to see uh, as the, the Democrats go back and look at what he said in the past, how many of those comments have diametrically opposed kinds of comments uh, to go with them. So uh, I suspect that there will be a number of those. I also am very interested to see what happens when the fact-checkers uh, go into uh, look at some of the things that uh, Governor Romney said uh, and, and some of the things that uh, President Obama said, because Governor Romney kept talking about this, uh, the, the billions of dollars that were going to be taking, taken out of uh, um, uh, Medicare, the $716 billion that was going to be taken out of Medicare uh, by uh, the Obama Medical Initiative. And I think it's pretty clear for the public that, in fact, the money that is coming out is actually going right back into the system. And so uh, it really will be interesting to see if the fact checkers hit on some of those issues and, and uh, begin to take some of what uh, Mr. Romney said tonight apart. Well, I'm quite sure they will, and I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, Arthur, do you have um, any um, final comments to make or any final observations? Um, I think this uh, this uh, debate will really be a telling kind of thing, ultimately, not immediately. I know we are living in a, a McDonald's kind of culture where you, we want to know stuff right away and we want to talk about stuff right away and we want to do something right away. Um, but I think it's going to be uh, a couple of days before we really get an opportunity to see what the people think about what was said because it's really easy when you're standing on a stage. I've been on many, many stages, and it's easy to stand up there and say, whatever it is that you want to say or whatever it is that you think somebody wants to hear. But then you have to live with those words when there's a camera in your face, or in this case, you know, 20 cameras in your face, and, and millions of people listening and watching you. 
Uh, I think what's going to ultimately happen is that many of the things that Governor Romney had to say tonight uh, are simply going to be seen as being empty promises that he can't keep. What uh, perspective do you think your grandfather, W.E.D. Boy, would have on this debate? How would he have uh, viewed know, it from his... Go ahead. It's it's real interesting. Uh, a friend of mine uh, just sent me a text message, and I, I think she's listening into the show, and said, uh, you know, you need to you bring this back to Grandpa. And uh, I really believe that Grandpa, uh, number one, right off the top, does not like rudeness like he saw from Governor Romney. So I can just say from a personal, logical perspective, he would have appreciated the patience uh, and the, the perseverance that um, the president showed. Uh, so that, I think, is perhaps a small thing, but I think it's an important thing when you talk about being the president of the United States and uh, negotiating treaties with other countries, uh, working to um, figure out the kinds of things that you can do uh, to solve problems, whether they be bipartisan problems or just simply, as the president was saying tonight, simply saying no about some things. I think my great-grandfather would have fully appreciated the fact that there were numbers on the table from the President of the United States, far more numbers than you saw around some specific issues from Mr. Romney. My great-grandfather really believed in working with the numbers, taking the numbers, and having those things paint a picture for you. And I think the President painted a very good picture tonight. I also think my great-grandfather um, would really appreciate some of the, the, the way the president went about making some of his points, he didn't leave his humor behind. He didn't leave his um, sense of people behind. He didn't leave his sense of himself behind, him and his wife. Uh, I thought it was a beautiful way uh, to start out his presentation this morning, to, to thank his wife and to talk about their anniversary. And I believe when you have a president that has that kind of a heart, that kind of a presence, that kind of a personhood, that's a president that I can live with far more than a president who is all, all he's interested in doing is uh, passing everything over to the private sector and uh, seeing what happens, seeing, uh, seeing if it gets better. Uh, I think the private sector has not shown itself to be very good at making things happen, uh, particularly as it relates to the kinds of things that we're talking about, education, uh, governance, the mission of the federal government, uh, looking at health care, uh, looking at some of the, the, the um, deficit issues. Uh, I really believe that the direction that we're going uh, right now is the right direction. And I think as you start to look harder at some of the ways that the president said those things can be fixed, you will find out that those things will work. Will work indeed. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, did you have any final remarks? Uh, no, I think... Yeah, I think we we we've covered it as much as is going to be uh, is going to be covered tonight. We have to see what happens in the next uh, couple of weeks. Jonathan, well, good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's good to hear yours too, Artie. I want to thank uh, Jonathan for joining us here on the Guest of Freedom. Also, our Commentator Arthur McFarland, the grandson of W.E.B. Du Bois, who is on scene there in Denver. Uh, also to Shelley Gaines, uh, who was with us earlier. My name is Preston Washington. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Leslie Gist, Arthur historian. 
for making this possible. And uh, again, my name is Preston Washington. I've been your host uh, for this last segment, and I wish everyone a good night. Thanks, Preston. Okay, thanks. Good evening. Good night. And bless.